Don't you need him badly? Don't you love her All right, I'm ready when you are, sir. Uh, I think you're kicking it off, right? Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Draft Politics. This is our local segment. Uh, this is Steve, and along with me is, as always... It's EJ here in Chicago, yes. the city we love. Yes. Uh, we're at the Corridor Brewery here on, in the Southport Corridor. It is. Corridor. We're right by the Weebly Parker. You know that only online eyeglass store that has a store here? Ah, uh, yes. And across from the Amazon bookstore. You yes. know that only online store that has a physical location here? Wait, Warby Parker? Warby? Warby Parker. Warby. You say Weebly? Weebly. Weebles? (laughs) Do they wobble? The the store will wobble, but it (laughs) won't fall down. Anyhow. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, we're here. Obviously, we've had a couple beers already, (laughs) and we're ready to talk uh, local politics. So, you want to get us started here, EJ? I I really do. I really do. So, actually, we are at the corridor, um, and the beer here is fantastic. Yes. Uh, the food here is really good. I've never been yes, here. I'm we so had excited an about this excellent place. pretzel. The we've best had a couple pretzel. good beers. I've had uh, a couple of their uh, Marzins. Uh, it's the what's it called? It's the uh, Up on Marzin, uh, but it's you know standard Marzin, delicious. Yeah, and they've they've had some IPAs that I've I've gone with uh, so far. I, I'm actually waiting for a beer because they've got great names. So I've had a Wizard fight. I don't know if I won or lost the wizard fight. I had a swamp dog. It's really tasty. Now I'm waiting for the sabro-toothed tiger. All right. So we'll see how the sabro-toothed tiger comes in. As soon as it comes in, it'll be breaking news. Okay. I'll report it in oh, real we'll, time. We'll have the little, like, do 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 Yeah, thing. exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right, great. I, you know, we've had some interesting stuff happening in Chicago. Obviously, you know, the summer wound down fewer things going on but now we're spinning up we're spinning up the school As year we is now started. officially enter fall yeah we're into fall we're into the next election cycle so i think we have some stuff to talk about yes um some things passed in the city council in the last week a lot around parking ticket parking ticket reform which i know sounds boring but it's actually like really important it is um it's another one of those parking tickets are another one of those ways where we raise revenue for the city, but it ends up having a disproportionate effect on poorer right. people. It ends up being a regressive tax effect. Right. And so if we look at something like, thank you, like the city sticker. So in Chicago, if you don't live here, you've got to buy a city sticker every year to park your car. And if you don't buy it on time, it had been a $200 fine. And when I first moved to Chicago, there was a grace period. So you had a couple of weeks to get it after whenever it expired. Um, now, well, and then there wasn't. So like $200 fine immediately. Yeah. And then there was interest and yeah, fines. Yeah, this and fine has going. gone up steeply since yes. when I first moved into the city. So, uh, But part of this reform was reducing that fine to $50 and then adding a grace period back in and then having an amnesty period where you could kind of catch up on things and get into compliance and you wouldn't own those extra fees. And that's a big, big deal. Um, I think in the end, nobody wants people to be out of compliance. 
You don't want to put people in those situations. And there was some really good reporting by WBAZ and ProPublica yeah. about the impact that these fines and fees had yeah, on and you people. Yeah, people with like thousands of dollars of parking tickets yeah. because of this kind of thing. And, and some ridiculous percentage, like 18% percent of bankruptcies were partially due to fees and fines around parking. Right. And city stickers. And you well, just and go, if we know, we know uh, from analysis that like m- most people there's like a, I don't remember what the percentages are but that a lot of people can't afford a like a $400 emergency cost right and so like if you've got a parking ticket that's $200 we're already pretty well into that that yeah. gap and so yeah. you can see how that adds up and can really cause some some pain for people and th- look there are still problems in that whole system especially with the impoundment and the Denver boots Wait, you're from Denver yes did you bring the boots? Yeah, well, you know, here's the thing is, uh, it does kind of remind me of a ski boot, so I can see the connection. I see. But, I don't know. You don't have some special key to unlock yours? No, you no, no. They don't issue those. Uh, uh, just just wonder. Well, and I, technically, I didn't live in Denver proper, so that might be why. Okay, maybe you maybe have, you have to, to be a resident. To that. And I can like, see that. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, but this is a good step forward. It's something that Lori ran on. There are lots of progressive aldermen who... who wanted to address this and again for good reason it ends up being very regressive yeah um i think the other you know big issue that's come out very recently has been around marijuana law yeah and so you know we know legalization's happening one of the things that uh, lightfoot has pressed for is trying to make so what she's trying to do is set up a, a chunk of the downtown sort of uh, the Loop area and River North as a no-go zone for uh, uh, marijuana retailers. And the, the logic being pushing them out into the neighborhoods and to try to like make it a little bit more equitable than it is now. Or, or that it might otherwise be because right. everybody would locate in those sort of central areas. I, I suspect this will be somewhat of a worthless exercise. Like, like I already saw, I was walking through Wrigleyville and I saw a uh, uh, a bar that was like located. I, mean, I don't know. It was like a. It wasn't a bar, but it was like a building next to a bar, uh, like within a five-minute walk of Wrigley Field that was applying for a marijuana. Oh man, policy. I mean, so like, it's like it's going to be everywhere. And but I think it will predominantly be on the north side because that's where they see the revenue happening. Sure. Yeah. And I had a really. Uh, I was on a plane with a guy who is the CEO of a medical mar- or of a. A marijuana company, and not just medical, but medical yeah. and recreational. And he was saying, you know, they've got their maps, and they know where they're kind of looking. And it was nothing south of, certainly nothing south of division. Yeah. So uh, that'll be interesting. I mean, I think, you know. Like, I'd imagine Logan Square, you know, <laughs> Wrigleyville. Yeah, like the places oh. you'd buy weed now. Right? If one does. If one would. Right. So that's interesting. And I, I you know, I think we, we've seen in other cities. So if you look at Seattle, for instance, there is an exclusion zone in Seattle. So, you know, that downtown business district, you know, there are no retailers in that area. So you've got to kind of go out a little bit. They're all in more industrial areas. Yeah. Um, and maybe that affects, like, where are the tourists going to go buy right. their weed? I, I mean, 
I don't like, know. Because you know, I mean, like, if they had a dispensary like right at Navy Pier, that would be a little, you know, Bubba Gump and you know, right Bubba Gump and shrimp then, and know. shrimp and weed. I don't shrimp and weed. That would be a little weird on Navy Pier, right? Life yeah, is well, like a box of chocolates. Yeah, filled I mean, with uh, <laughs> life is like a box of weed filled chocolates. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess my feeling is, go ahead and try to control it. You know, it, if we push people out into the neighborhoods, all the better. I, I don't think it, it's really a crime thing. I don't think yeah, it has. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, and a lot of the dispensaries that, you know, for medical already exist or, you know, I mean, I know, like, there's, like, Andersonville. There's one in Wrigleyville. Like, there's there's several around. So, it's, yeah. like, it's going to be, I don't think her, I mean, good on her to try, but I don't think it's going to make a huge difference. No, on I don't think so either. Um, so, I think the really big thing, maybe the biggest thing in Chicago right now, politics and otherwise, is the potential of a teacher strike. Yeah, and we've talked about this a little bit. We have. And so they're not under contract right now. There's been a lot of rhetoric, a lot of things going back and forth. Again, as context, when Lori came in, she did not replace the negotiators. So the, ne- the negotiations have been going on for a year. Um, so they have not been replaced. I, I know a lot of teachers. I also have kids at a CPS school. You know, talking to teachers, the general feeling I get from them is they're not being heard. Why would Lori not replace those negotiators? Because everybody hated them. Um, Lori has offered to go sit in the negotiations themselves and sort of the union has come back and said, what good is that going to do? Yeah. Uh, We know that there have been offers and counter offers and sort of accusations on both sides that, well, they're not responding to our requests or, or parts of our offer. I, I've heard a lot of people say a big part of this is Lori is proposing something over five years and the union wants something at three years, which is really about does the contract end before or after the next election? Absolutely. Um, which I found very it's almost cynical to me. It's like this big leverage play. Like, who's going to have the most leverage in the next but, one? But, you know, I mean, it, you know, it's cynical, but it's like, but that's the reality of it. It is like, it makes more sense to them to, yeah. if they can have a shorter term contract. The other thing we have to factor into this is we have some tax policy things that are going to be changing in the next, yes. potentially, if, if all goes according to plan. So the funding from the state will vary. And so that might affect what the teachers could be getting. So it's like, to them, I can see a lot of reason to show go for a shorter contract because yeah. there's information they don't have right now that sure. they might have in a you know few years. Yeah. You and know, and by you know, and you figure like after three years, we'll have you know the the ultimate progressive president who will have passed single payer health care for everybody, and then they can not even have to worry about that part of the negotiations because that's the magical world we will live in. I love it. Why not? Right. I love it. And <laughs> but I, I but I honestly feel like it seems in Lori's interest to some extent, you know, if they could do a one year deal or a two year deal when she'll know more about the city's finances. That's fair, yeah. I, I think that there are very good reasons to strike a short deal and not hold to that five year. Um, yeah, or so even just like you know they don't come up with a a full-blown contract is just like, all right, well, let's take what the baseline is of whatever we have, 
add X, Y, and Z, and we're just going to, like, that's what's going to run for the next year or two. Like, yeah. like this isn't the real contract, but just, like, let's see where we end up with, yeah. with all the numbers. And, and really, to the, teachers I credit, to the teachers' credit, those that I know, they are concerned about the right things, right? They are concerned about oh, yeah. librarians and social workers and special ed and the things that have been cut and nurses, the things that have been cut and marginalized. And, uh, like, they're thinking about the right things. I believe they're, they're invested heavily in the children. Yeah. Um, I think there is always some calculus that separates what the teachers want from what the union wants. Yes. And I, Lori, I think, probably has less leverage. She's under more pressure to get something done. Oh, I think so, especially with, like, the giant, you know, budget deficit that we've got and all that. Like, she needs to – she doesn't need an extra layer of, no. of no, negative no. things to deal no, with. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, especially when our taxes are going to go up 600% next year. Right. Um, the vote to authorize the strike – is scheduled for the 24th of September. So if that goes through, then the then union Brexit could happens, call a strike right? in 30 days. Oh, okay. I think it's 30 days. Okay. So the earliest I think there could be a strike would be late October. Yeah. Maybe they'll strike on Halloween. Maybe like Brexit strike. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, That'd yeah, we'll, we'll just combine the two. CTU strike, Brexit. That'll be perfect. The Don't teachers will all be November. on strike so they can go visit England at, like, low prices if they can figure out how to get there. You know, that'd be great. I, buy some insulin. Right. <laughs> for all the candy we're getting. Right. It'll be perfect. Absolutely. So uh, it's a big deal. It's getting national attention now. Bernie's going to be here uh, again on the day of that vote. Okay. He's going to be on the marching He's going to be well, doing something. Well, this is interesting because, like, if there's going to be a vote, but if the vote doesn't vote for a strike, I don't know then there's no here. picket line. So we're, what's it, I don't know what he's doing. And we can all have a picket line someday. Okay, come hang out. Come hang out in a picket line. Uh, but I think that's it's it's a thing, right? People are making a deal of it. This is one of those you know union fights that are going on, like uh, the UAW with GM, which has got fifty thousand yep. workers. This is a big population of teachers. Um, and it'll continue to garner sort of national attention, which we should all be paying attention to. Absolutely. Um, I, and look, again, I won't lie. As a parent, I'm also like, what am I going to do if they go on strike? So if they do go on strike, you're going to get like daily podcast updates for me. <laughs> strike day seven. I, I think that My sounds kids like an are watching YouTube. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. We're binge-watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So outside of that, and I think uh, city-wise, there are two things I kind of want to talk about. Um, one is Carrie Austin. We haven't yeah. talked about any indict indictments in a while, but I think well, Carrie you know, Austin. It's, it's the summer. People summer. are on vacation. Prosecutors Off to the continent chilling. for a couple weeks. You know, yeah. it's... You come back, time to get back to some indictments. So Carrie Austin, uh, she's been under this federal investigation for a while. She's the alderman of the 34th Ward. Uh, offices raided, stuff taken. Uh, things have quieted down a little bit. Right. Only one raid. She's, she doesn't only raid one the raid. Burke level of two raids. Maybe they got everything the first time. Right. So 
there have been new allegations against her and her chief of staff about essentially doing some weird stuff with properties that he owned and hadn't paid taxes on. And it's kind of complicated uh, just because it goes into how delinquent taxes are handled in the city and you can donate them and there's a land trust involved and um, really recommend you go out onto uh, WBZ. They did some great reporting around this and you know, consequently they showed up at a Carrie Austin fundraiser recently mm-hmm. and they were greeted in the parking lot by supporters who said, you can report your little asses off. So Carrie Austin, uh, under suspicion of lots of things, nobody, her supporters don't care. Uh, they seem happy. Yeah. They well, seem happy with that. Um, we'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. Yeah. And here's the other thing. We're not too far away from primaries in the city of Chicago. Absolutely. Which is crazy. Oh, I know. Like, actually, I was uh, walking walking through the neighborhood the other day, and somebody was gathering signatures for uh, the committee men to get on the ballot. Uh. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is, like, coming up. Okay. It and it was like, and it was funny because, like, he had one clipboard with the committee men, and he was like, well, do you want to sign this other one? Are you, like, you live in the ward? Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, and, like, you want to sign this other one? Like, yeah, sure. Like, like okay. Sure. Was it? Committeemen and judges. It was uh, I don't, it was so it was a committeeman and it was Kim Fox, um, for, okay. for the and I forget what the other one was, but so one of the really interesting things that are happening right now. So we've got all of these races. Committeeman's a big one that political people care about. Most people don't, and honestly, I didn't and know even, about it. And even if you're somewhat nerdy on politics, you probably still don't care that much about yeah. it. Yeah, but. <laughs> but they're very related to one another. Yes. So the committeemen. For the Democratic Party, they do a few things. One is they are responsible for doing things like making sure elections run well. Yeah. So if you show up at your election place or polling place and there aren't enough blue cones to show you where you can electioneer, you call your committeeman. They're responsible for that. The other thing they do is things like slating. So you may get a petition that has several names on it. Kim Fox and somebody else. Why? Because they've been slated together. Yes. That slating process is a very important one. And so, and if you're, and also if you are somebody who's running against an incumbent or whatever, that a lot of that process is working against you ultimately is like, because they will ultimately slate for whoever the incumbent is and all that sort of stuff. Right. So you should care if you live in Chicago who your committeeman is or committee person. And, you know, we see in sort and of And if you don't, we aren't going to judge you that harshly. No, no, we won't. <laughs> but if you want to know who they are, yeah. let us know. Yeah. Write a question on iTunes. Tweet at us. Yes. We'll talk about it. I, I would happily cover all of these races. And they're really interesting because where we had turnover in the aldermen's offices, so we've got a lot of freshman aldermen, some of them, like Andre Vasquez in the 40th Ward, are running for committee person. Yeah. And he's taking some heat for that because that's sort of like the old school. I got to own all the things. Right. Um, other aldermen like Rodriguez uh, in 33 doesn't want to, has kind of refused to do it. Don't know why, but has refused to do it. And so right. you see people running 
in these different races. In some of these races, there are five people running. So it's just kind of remarkable. Like, it is kind of remarkable. Yeah. But those people have an influence on who you will see on your ballot the next time. And that's probably the biggest thing about it. Yeah. So when you sign a petition for Kim Fox, you're also signing a petition for somebody else because they were slated together. And you didn't hear about that slating process because it was just yeah, and, the committee people. And that person who was handing out that clipboard is probably somebody who is working for the local ward organization or whatever. And right. so, you know, I mean, like, ultimately, you know, when you've got somebody who's running for Congress or alderman, whatever, like, they have their volunteers. But then this kind of is this additional layer of sort of, like, sort of permanent political infrastructure that then also contributes to a lot of right. that. Right. So, like, if you're a lot running for office and you get the, the ward organization to be on, on board with you, that saves you a whole lot of hassle because you've got right. more people to get out the boat and get signatures and all that. Yeah, and this year there's something interesting about the committeemen races that they have to get more signatures than they ever had before. So, in your ward, you're in 47, yes. correct? So your committeeman is Paul Rosenfeld. Yes. Uh, in the last election, he needed to get 500 signatures-ish to get on the ballot. This year, he needs to get 1,300 signatures. That's because crazy. Because it's factored. It's a, it's a percentage of the votes cast for the highest-getting vote-getter in the last election, okay. which was Jesse White. And there was huge turnout for Jesse White. It's all very arcane and right, confusing. Right, 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 right. Uh, but... You know, and but so, you're all, almost three times as many as you got last time. Right. Like, oh, okay, that's a lot. And if you're interested in getting involved in a race, find your commitment. But here's they the interesting thing help. about that is the level of that goes up. So obviously to win his reelection, he's going to have to make that effort. But he also runs the ward organization, so he has the resources to get himself onto the ballot, whereas somebody running against him is going to have to be able to do that exactly. themselves. And, and look, the primary is everything here. Oh, yeah, yeah. The There's general, not, yeah, general election does not matter here. Mm -mm. Anyway, so suburbs. I think two funny things. I'm going to go I'm gonna go the funny one first. All right. Or do you want to do the serious one first or the funny one first? Oh, let's do the serious one first. Okay. Marie Newman. Marie Newman, yes. She's running against good old Dan Lipinski. Yep. Who, who I thought of earlier when we were talking about vote blue no matter who. Yeah, well, Dan Lipinski is here. That's, that's why you vote like, in primaries, yeah, everybody. Yeah, I know no. about that. Uh, well, you know, but it's vote blue no matter who because who he ran against last time was a Nazi. So, <laughs> well, it's interesting about that district, and we've talked about this one before. Is that um, because it is such a Democratic district, a lot of the Republicans vote as Democrats, which is why right. Lipinski has largely been able to hold on to position. So, uh, yeah, so Marie Newman uh, running for uh, election. She ran last time. Yeah. Almost beat him, but not quite. Yeah, this is the third congressional district. Yes, yes, That yes. we're talking about here. Uh, but, yes, yeah, she got some big endorsements. Uh, she got a First, she got an endorsement from Elizabeth Warren, and now she's gotten one from AOC. So that's good. Um, it's notable in that this is she's not an incumbent. The DNC has... Push back against like having people right. run uh, against incumbents, uh, but yet she's running and she's got a good amount of support. Yeah. So last time she lost by two thousand votes. Yeah. Uh, there are a few other people running in this this election. Uh, you've got Rush Darwish, Abe Matthew. They're both attorneys. I don't know a lot about. I them. think I met Abe. 
I was at the Netroots Nation conference and somebody was like, hey, I'm running in the third ward in Illinois. And I'm like, oh, I'm supporting Marie Newman. So good luck to you. <laughs> uh, Abe's an interesting guy, actually. But uh, yeah, they're, uh, there's a four-way race right now, but Marie's gotten the most attention. I think a lot of people are going to come out behind her. You know, and Dan Lipinski, I would almost feel bad for him if I didn't think he was a jerk. It was right. like... People were asking him for comedy. He's like, what the hell am I supposed to say? Yeah. Uh, you know. So that is really interesting, and it's something we're going to keep close tabs on. Um, well, you know, it's interesting to see how this is going to play out because ultimately that's happening at the same time that the presidential primary is happening. And so a lot of what we're going to be talking about is the presidential level of, of things. So right. we're going to like, have to pay a little extra attention and, like, get out of the thinking about the presidents and talk yeah. about that stuff. So Well, and I had this realization the other day. Do you know the date the primary is on? I do not. What's the worst day for a Chicago election of any kind? Well, whatever the coldest day of the year is, I suppose. But You'd think that <laughs> until I tell you what day it's on. What day? It's on St. Patrick's Day. Oh, <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> I suspect we'll be broadcasting live on Election Day. From a bar. <laughs> from. Let's commit to doing that right now. I think it's an excellent life choice, yes. So it's also the day we'll after vote, my birthday. We'll vote early. Vote early and you often. can do that, and then we'll... Uh, <laughs> that'll be great. <laughs> so I would love to be able to somehow track the exit polls during the day. Yes. Well, actually, what cracks me up about that as I'm thinking about it is there is a bar in Wrigleyville that is a polling place. So I, it is not, to my knowledge, an Irish bar. But then in Wrigleyville, everything's an Irish bar, effectively. Exactly. So I don't know. We'll see how that, ha see we'll how that see goes. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. So, but really interesting. Really interesting stuff. And so the, the one funny thing I wanted to bring up, sort of suburbs, uh, Jim Overweiss, uh, he is heir to the Oberweiss fortune of milk and racism and ice cream. Uh, he is a perennial candidate yes. for things. He runs for everything. He loses everything. Um, he's also running in the third. Now, I don't... Oh, no, I'm sorry. He's not running in the third. He's running against uh, Underwood. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and there are several Republicans who want to challenge her. And he released this polling data, and it was done by a very reputable conservative, but you know, Republican polling firm, that said, "I am losing." I mean, it showed him like 17 points behind Lauren Underwood. <laughs> but he released it anyway to say, like, "But look at my other Republican opponents; they're doing worse." Right. If I only had the resources. You He's have a, a multi-millionaire. You, you have a dairy fortune, sir. Yeah. What, what is your problem? I don't. I don't. I don't understand. It was the most. I, I read the. I read that press release, and then looked at the polling data, and I was like, I don't. I. Don't, why are you putting this out here? I mean, first of all, why are you running? Second Otherwise, of all, like, have never been very good at running for office. No. So, so yeah. No, no. Continuing a family tradition. I mean. So I, I thought it was humorous. Yes. Any any place they want to spend money to lose to to Lauren Underwood. Right. 
It's one donation on they aren't sending to somebody else, so that's all exactly. good. Exactly. All right. All right. Well, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, it's been some interesting times, Chicago, suburbs, and uh, we'll have more in the state next time. There are going to be some interesting things happening at the state level in the next week or two. But thanks for sticking with us. As always, take care. Have a good night, everybody. Bye-bye. Farewell.